0: It's really difficult to find great executives. Spirit Consulting helps organizations find all-star executives and hire the right one using work psychology so you can serve more customers and grow your business. To get a free quote, go to spiritmco.com. Enjoy the show. Welcome back to the Virtuous Heroes podcast. So excited to be able to have our guest on today, Stacy. Thank you so much for joining us. I hope that you've been having a radically blessed week thus far.
1: Thank you, absolutely.
0: So, our first question always is, "Who are you, Stacy?"
1: Wow. Um, aside of my title, first and foremost, I am a child of God. I am a mother. I am a sister. I am a coach, I am a mentor. Um, many of, uh, amongst many of the hats I wear, I am the Chief Human Resources Officer at Premier Health. Um, and outside of my title, um, most important, I am someone that pours in and invests in helping others to reach their potential. Um, I call that my service, my ministry um calling, purpose, and passion.
0: And you also do a lot of public speaking. And so can you tell us a little bit about that element of your career as well?
1: You know, I, I, I thank you. Um, I do a lot of public speaking. I have not necessarily given everything that's going on with COVID. Um, so um, that has limited some of our um in-person presentations but um i have had an opportunity to speak to individuals virtually um, individuals virtually um and participated in a number of different panel presentations um, for me it is um i ooze i, I get excited um, it, it's like a, a moment of joy whenever i can um, be in a space where i am contributing to others development um, I'm looking for those opportunities where I can help individuals to get to their next, because I remember when um, I was not where I am. And and so one of the things that I'm glad that we did not lead with when you got started is what's your bio? Because bios tell you everything about what people have done, but not necessarily the journey by which individuals um, take to get there. And so for me, Um, When I am speaking, I get to be vulnerable, I get to be transparent, and I get to instill hope and inspire individuals who are um, looking at um, individuals like myself and perhaps yourself and saying, how do I get there? Um, And and they don't necessarily know the journey because they see the outcome. So I am always looking to speak to individuals to help them to navigate through what I'm going to call their lives. Um, um, lift thrust weight and drag um, because we all have that and so how do you help people to um, navigate through the maze of life um, and when I talk about navigating through the maze of life it's it's primarily their career um, so so many people will look at me um, and others and they will say how did you do it how did you get there um, what's the secret sauce um, and and I certainly don't believe that I have made all of the right decisions. Um, I certainly believe that it's been, um, oh, but for the grace of God that has gone before me. Um, I believe that I have been blessed with so many individuals who have done for me what I aspire to do for others.
0: Hmm. Awesome. So... You said a lot, you know, and, and oftentimes a lot of that is being able to be vulnerable to lift others so that they can see the journey instead of the destination. So uh, I hope you don't mind us putting some of that vulnerability on display today. So I know when I was reading through your bio previously, uh, a part of the tagline was a single parent who worked full time, went to school full time, and at one time caught eight buses daily. That is intense, so can you um, tell us a little bit about that element of your journey?
1: Wow, um, that is, so thank you for digging that up, wherever you you dug that information up, so thank
0: you for, for bringing that. Well, I'm a recruiter, um, that's what we're supposed to do, right?
1: Absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> so I appreciate you for bringing that element up. Um, yeah, um, I, Um, worked full time, went to school full time um, and um, had my daughter and I have to tell you that that was one of the, I did not know it at the time but um, it was building my character for who I am today. It taught me drive, it taught me resilience, it taught me um, how to identify the possibility in in situations where it looked pretty grim, it it looked impossible. Um, Added to that, Chris, what I would tell you is that I delivered newspapers when I was six months pregnant, um, Mm. literally. Um, And um, I would not be where I am today. You know, there are many times people look back and they say, would you do that Um, if you had to do a do-over, if you had to repeat life Um, what would you change? I wouldn't change any of that. I wouldn't change any of that because one of the things that it taught me, it taught me a great deal of humility. It taught me to roll my sleeves up and to um, do the work that others may say um, that they couldn't do. Um, It taught me drive. Um, It taught me that um, at a very young age and very early in my career um, to, to have hope even when I didn't know what I was hoping for. Even when I didn't know what I was hoping for, it never felt as bad as what I was in at the time. Um, And so I'm continuously reminded of um, that and those times. Um, I could do a whole presentation on that alone um, because it taught me so much. Um, And it allowed for me to connect with others so that's not the first story that you you will hear about someone who's gone through some type of trial or tribulation it's not the first it's not the last but someone somewhere is saying again how do I navigate how did you do it Um, you're a single parent so a great example just uh, two weeks ago I was mentoring someone and she's got three kids and I said so how's things going and she says well, I'm getting to work late and, and, and my, my, my supervisor had to have a conversation with me and I said, so talk to me about what's getting in the way. And we were preparing initially to talk about her career and we talked about life um, because you cannot, there are so many times when, and I remember when I would come to work um, and, and people didn't know my story because people don't take the time to always get to know your story. They know your work. They know the outcome of the work that you are producing, but they don't know what's happening behind the scenes. And so it, it's definitely taught me to get to know the person behind the title. Um, I cannot emphasize that enough. And so I said, so talk to me about what's getting in the way. And she, she was talking to me about her children. And we spent the next hour talking about prioritization, organization, consistency. Um, and I provided her some tips and strategies and so I said here's what I want you to do Here's how I want you to check in with me, and I wasn't speaking from a space of Here's what's in a textbook. Here's theory. I was talking about practice and I was talking about what I had lived I was talking about my experiences and That was important for her to hear um, as, as, as as I helped her navigate through that because so many times people say that when you come to work, um, I want for you to leave your personal life at home. And our families would love to tell us, would love to tell us, would love to tell us that when you come home, leave all of that in the office, leave all of that in the office. But the truth of the matter is and now more than ever, those identities have become so enmeshed that when wherever you are your whole self is in that space so you're, you're never not at work not being a parent you're never not at home not thinking about okay am I doing enough to be the best worker that I can't be so these things it, it, it becomes a tug of war where you are trying to determine how do I be the best in both of these spaces and is it possible for me to be the best in both of these spaces and it lent itself to just an amazing conversation about balance and what that looks like and and, and how to um, navigate and, I, and you're going to hear me say that repeatedly because that's what our our life journey is about how do you navigate and get from point A to point B so whereas if I could have talked to her about strategy I could have talked to her about uh, political acumen and I could have talked to her about diversity and inclusion and I could have talked to her about all of these great things I had to talk to her in the moment about the Maslow's hierarchy of needs the basics because if you can't master the basics then you will never move to the next level of success. And so for me, it was talking about, let's get the foundation in order. Let's get the foundation in order. And let's look at where you need to pour more of yourself in this area so that you can be a better version of yourself in all areas. So long story short, um, my journey of um, uh, being evicted, Um, taking a cold shower, so we didn't even add that in, losing my scholarship, um, delivering newspapers when I was pregnant. I would never take any of that off. Uh, That's the best part of my resume and bio that, that, that most people never really get to hear or know because they see all these accolades. And, and, and people want hope, and they want a leader that inspires them, that it's possible to, 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 to overcome challenges. Um, and they want to know that um, even in the midst of crisis and challenge and change, that there are people who help them to um, move to the next level Move through the
0: maze and thrive in the storm. Yeah, the um, two things came to mind while we were while you were speaking. The first is that my wife and I. So I I started a ministry a couple of years back called Catholic Sports Camps. At the time it was just a spirit hockey camp, so it was just one camp as part of a greater ministry. But we we would take in any kids regardless of their ability to pay. And one of the families that we met, uh, the the husband was, you know, close to making minimum wage and and they were asking for a, a scholar. He had been out of work for some time and they had asked for a scholarship. And uh, so got to know them from that element. And then about two, about two and a half years ago, uh, because I had just like, was at the brink of finishing a divorce. She had reached out asking for some coaching and because uh, she herself was going through a pretty uh, nasty divorce herself. And um, so, so yeah, her story is absolutely similar. sounds like basically right aligned with yours. I mean, so now, you know, her husband is completely out of the picture and she's trying to raise a 16-year-old and 11-year-old, um, mm-hmm. basically putting herself through school uh, while taking whatever odd job that she can possibly have. And she says, like, sometimes I'm just, like, breaking down in the middle of the day, like, crying when she's, like, you know, struggling. And, and uh, so I think that, like, just your story of, like, being able to go from that to being the chief human resources officer of the massive health system is, is just incredible. (laughs) So, so it's like that, that it can, it can uh, complete, like we can get through that. And uh, yeah. So I thank you so much for just like filling up people's emotional tanks. Um, uh, Yeah. Just filling up people's emotional tanks when, you know, when we're going through suffering, it's so easy for, to be able to look at the engine light and see that our tanks are empty. <laughs> and, uh, and yet, you know, just stories like yours that that help us to keep pushing through those storms. Um, and uh, yeah, so I just can't thank you enough for, you know, what you were able to share, but I'm also curious if you wouldn't mind kind of completing that story, Stacy, of, you know, you know, being pregnant and, and delivering newspapers to where you are today, like how, help us understand the transformation too. Wow.
1: Um, thank you so much, Chris. Um, so I don't often, you know, people ask me to provide career guidance and coaching, but they don't always dig in the archives, um, to talk about the journey. So I appreciate that. Um, hard work, hard work, hard work, hard work, hard work, focus, focus, focus determination. Um, and so one of the things that happened for me is and i didn't realize it at the time um, but it was completely inspirational Um, i wouldn't call it inspirational then Um, i i got a full right scholarship to uh, wright state university Mm -hmm. But because of my life challenges, and I say life challenges because as I indicated, I'm, I'm working full time, I'm going to school full time, I've got a child, um, I lost my scholarship. That was the best and worst thing that happened for me. So we, we who are believers know that all things work together for a good um, and that could have been a stopping point for me. That could have been a stopping point for me, but it was not. I remember sitting in the parking lot and crying because I had lost my scholarship. And I said um, to myself then, and I I, I continue to say to individuals, if I'm going to to go in debt for anything, then I'm going to go in debt for my education. Mm. Um, And I went in debt for my education. Um, Heck, I'm still paying student loans. Um, to this very day, and and it, it's a reminder from whence I came. Um, but the student loans um, that I received at that time weren't necessarily just paying for my education. I remember getting the the you know the, the reimbursement check, and I had already mapped out bills because it wasn't just about paying for school; it was also about my life expense. Um, it was paying the babysitter. It was paying the rent. It was paying the utilities. It was paying the water bill. Um, it was, and and I learned a great deal about sacrifice and those things that I can go without. I remember not even having a telephone, and I was working on my master's program at the time, and I decided I don't need a telephone because I got to study. I got to study, and so everything that I you know, many people saw them as you, you could look at them as a takeaway. I just used it to my advantage to to, to to throw my focus and attention into the books um and to really focus on graduating. Obviously I had a, a support system, um individuals that came alongside me that, that really were angels and that helped my child out. Um, you know, while, while mom is working, while mom is working and, and, and not just help my child out, but, but, but help me out because I, I, I was a young parent. I, I recall having gotten my first HR job and so I get this first HR job and um, it was, I, I, I tell this story because this one is probably the most poignant for me and, and, and it resonates with me in terms of what leaders need to be doing. Um, uh, the supervisor came to me, my telephone was off, and she said, Your telephone's off, and um, I, I'm, there are times when I'm going to need to reach you over the weekend. And I said, Okay. And uh, she said, um, So, I, I'm, you know, essentially, she, she kind of suggested that perhaps I needed to get the telephone on. All I could say to her was, okay, because short of someone giving me the money, there was no way the telephone was going to be on, and the telephone wasn't a priority. If I had to pay the telephone or rent, I was going to choose rent. Um, And so, nonetheless, I kept the phone off because I had to keep the phone off. She comes back to me about a month later, and she says, I tried to call you over the weekend, and um, the telephone was off. there are going to be times she repeated the same thing to me Um, what she missed is an opportunity to get to know me she missed an opportunity to get to know my story she missed an opportunity to connect with me she missed an opportunity to support me she missed an opportunity to really say let me understand what this person is going through um, at this point in time and um, so I've always been one that kind of, you know, I threw myself into my work and and, and I've thrown myself into my work for the longest only because I knew that it was me and my daughter. It was me and my daughter. And so because it was me and my daughter, I was the one that was raising my hand up saying I can do this. I was the one, even when I didn't know how to do it. I was raising my hand up saying I can do it. And I'm like, what in the world have I gotten myself into? How do I do this? Um, But I was the one that was raising my hand. I was the one that was um, doing the extra work, staying after hours, um, even when it didn't even look possible. I was the one that took work home. Um, So I was the one that really, and, and I never... I wasn't striving to be promoted that's what's interesting I was never striving to be promoted I was striving to be excellent I was striving to be the best in the space that I was in at that moment and it led from one thing to the other and I kept moving up and around um, and, and I got increasing scope I got increasing responsibility I always relied on individuals Um, their knowledge, their wisdom. I've never been one to rest on my own laurels to say um, that because I've got my degrees that 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 makes me um, more qualified than someone else. Um, I, I jokingly tell people I got my master's degree in 96 and my bachelor's in 94 and if I'm still relying on that education then um, I am a dinosaur so I, you've got to continuously take a look at what is your development plan like what's your plan um, what books are you reading um, what podcast are you watching what is your plan so if your boss is not developing you um, then don't use that as an excuse to not be to, to, to not grow to not to, to not develop yourself how are you working around the system or structure so that you can be um, a better version of yourself um, and so that's something that I have always taken to heart I'm incredibly hard on myself incredibly hard on myself I'm a works critic um, there are times when everyone says, Stacy oh my gosh you did so great and I'm thinking yeah it was okay um, because I don't nearly I don't give myself nearly enough credit and I'm, I'm, I'm fairly humble in that regard um, because I never think that I have arrived um, I always think that I am in process
0: have you been feeling unfulfilled? You want to be happy, but just continue to struggle. One of the best ways to experience joy is by caring for the homeless. A charity I've grown to love, River of Light, food rescues a million meals per year for the needy in Chicago. Imagine how that make you feel, knowing that you're helping feed children and veterans. To make a tax-deductible donation, visit Again riverlightchicago.org. No one should go to bed hungry. So coming from that um, type of situation to where you are today in the C-suite, I would imagine that there were some things that you had to shed. <laughs> you had I'm sure there were some vices that you had to shed in order to reach and, and step into the leader that you are today can you maybe speak to some of those vices that were hindering your leadership ability? Uh, And I think, you know, ultimately it sounded like maybe you already kind of listed one of like, especially like, as you were saying with your manager being like, look, your phone needs to be on. But like, you know, I think that could also be like on the thinking about like, you know, having that um, vulnerability to be like, look, I, 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 I literally don't have the money. So, like, you either got to figure out something with the organization or, like, it's just not going to happen. I'm sorry. you know. So uh, anything else that you think that maybe resonates with you? Yeah,
1: you know, the number one thing is I, I, I think it is the, my gift, my blessing. But it's also something that I am mindful of—that you know, your greatest gifts can also be your uh, curse as well—and that is my drive for results. Um, I am, inc- and 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 that's the area. I am incredibly driven for results. So because i because I accomplished, because I accomplished, and, and I overcame all of those things, it is very hard for me to hear that we can't do anything it's very hard for me to hear it when I am talking to someone and someone is saying yes I'm I am, I am I'm working and I'm going to school and I'm thinking yeah 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 you can do that I don't I, I, I don't believe in the impossibility I don't see the problems I don't see the struggle I don't see what cannot work I don't see the barriers I have a tendency of believing beyond a shadow of a doubt that there is nothing that we cannot do. Now, because of that, um, I have to be very careful about how I drive for results, incredibly careful about how I drive for results. There was a time when I, I, I drove for results in such a way that I think I may have had road rage and I may have run people over. Um, I have learned to finesse my style in such a way to drive with compassion. I have learned um, to drive in such a way that um, there are times when I know, okay Stacy, you may need to be uh, on cruise control. There are times when you don't necessarily need to be speeding as fast as driving as fast. Um, and so it has taught me how to temper my pace more than anything and to be careful of what I project onto others. Um so I am the only one on my team um immediately that is 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 a driver. Um drivers can be impatient. Drivers can um um drivers don't know no drivers don't know no drivers don't know no all they know are results all they know are results and 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 and, and you've got to be mindful of the human element Um, more than anything and um, I think the other advice that I would say is I'm an introvert by nature and um, because I'm an introvert and I'm a processor um, and then I'm incredibly driven I've got to make the time to connect with people from a space of heart, compassion, connection and spirit Um, more so than I drive more so than I drive. And so that is something that is really important to me about capturing people's hearts, not just capturing their hands and 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 the outcomes, but capturing their hearts and demonstrating to others that I am a leader that cares about, I, I, I care about your being, I care about your spirit, I care about your identity outside of here. And um, there was a time when truly I cared about results. Um, And so that has been an evolution of my leadership journey. Um, It wasn't that I didn't care about the, the human side of it. I think what you saw more of is she gets things done. And I think because we're in this space where leaders are compelled to move fast and have a sense of urgency and get things done, that now more than ever leaders need to be just as mindful of the after effect of, of how do people feel um, after they have what's the aftertaste um, of, 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 of having experienced your leadership style um, and, and always recognizing that um, as a leader that it's not about my position that I am serving others, that I am serving others, and that the number one people that I am serving is, is, is the team that are customers of my leadership style. I want, to, I want to repeat that. Your team are customers of your leadership style. And very often we think, you know, I am the leader. I am the leader and the employees need to, and, and those who report to me need to get things done for me. No, I need to get things done for them. I need to get things done for them. So, you know, the paradigm shift in leadership and, 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 and how I drive for results and how I connect with
0: others. Awesome. So as long as we're on the topic of compassion and servant leadership, can you talk a little bit about what the leader's role is in creating the culture of an organization and what are some of the outcomes that one sees when an organization has a healthy culture?
1: First and foremost, um, I would say leadership is a direct reflection. A culture is a direct reflection of leadership. Culture is a direct reflection of leadership. You want to show me you want to tell me about the culture? I don't want to read what's in your, um, I don't want to read the words that you've written on paper. I'm going to attend a meeting with you. I'm going to attend a meeting with you. I want to see how people interact with you. I want to see how people experience you. I want to see the tone in the room. I want to see, is it something, is, is it? Is it light or is it thick? Do we need to cut it with a knife? or is it something that is warm and fuzzy Um, now more than ever leaders the leaders role in creating culture is absolutely paramount so we often talk about the culture of the organization now we need to talk about the culture of the leaders so um, do the leaders care do the leaders are the leaders compassionate do the leaders care about your identity? Do they care about your family? Do they care about balance? Do they care? Do they care? Do they care? Do they care? And I'm going to say that over again. Do they coach? Do they care enough to coach? Do they care enough to push you to be better? Do they care enough to give you feedback? Even if the feedback may be not the feedback that you necessarily need to hear. Um, do they create the space for you to make mistakes? Um, is it safe to make mistakes? Is it safe for you to be who you are? Um, I could probably ask a hundred plus questions about what a leader needs to be doing. Um, uh, uh, yes, leaders need to be managing the bottom line um, but leaders, you, if I, I would submit to you that if you are not managing the people bottom line with heart then you're not managing the financial bottom line and why that is important is because if individuals do not feel that you care um, about who they are and about what's important to them then um, they will shift their commitment and they will shift their commitment by their engagement, they will shift their commitment in terms of the outcomes that they do or do not produce they will shift their commitment in terms of uh, their retention and so um, or they will not be, they will play it safe they will play it safe because guess what you've created the culture and the environment where I better play it safe because I don't want to get in trouble and so um, I cannot emphasize enough the the premium that I place on leadership, um, and and if you think about it from this angle, leaders have the responsibility. Um, they have people's lives in their hands. Leaders have people's lives in their hands, and at the end of the day, as a leader, I am, and we are called to be responsible. For how do you manage what's in your hands? How do you manage what, you, what has been entrusted to your care? How do you manage that? And so um, I think if you put people first, um, the results will follow. The results will follow. Um, I think there is a way that um, you can lead with heart. Um, and still drive for results and, and 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 push people to the next level. So um, not push them off the cliff, but push them to the next level. So the leader's role in creating the culture um, cannot be understated whatsoever. Um, and and it shows up in our retention. So you know what are the outcomes when we when we create a healthy culture? Innovation, innovation. People feel that they can bring forward ideas, people feel like they can think outside of the box, people feel that they can be that they can be their whole selves and they can bring their whole selves. Imagine Chris having a conversation with with with, with many actors throughout the course of the day. And you don't know who's really who. And you don't know who's really who. And when you're creating a healthy culture, you get the best version of people and not your representative because no one's acting because no one's acting and, and people want to come to spaces where they can um, be themselves uh, be vulnerable and transparent and not just because those are catch words or, or, or um, catch phrases but because we're really creating the conditions for individuals to be authentic obviously it's going to impact the bottom the, the bottom line it's going to show up and when we create a healthy culture it's going to show up in the customer's experience when we create a healthy culture it's going to show up in the bottom line um, we are going to be able to retain individuals um, and um, I think it's paramount that we focus on how do we retain individuals? I mean, let's take a look at turnover now. The workforce has changed immensely. And I don't think it's going back. I don't think it's going back. I think it's a tremendous opportunity and I think it's a gift. So, for the longest we heard individuals would say, um, you know, we spoke disparagingly about um, millennials. We did, we did, we did, we did, we did. We said, you know, they don't have a great work ethic. We said, um, you know, they want to they they, they want to move up too fast. They just want all this flexibility. And then COVID hit. And then COVID hit. And bam. COVID forced us to quickly say, what culture do we create on the other side of the pandemic? COVID forced us to say, what do we want our organization to look like as we are attracting and retaining talent? And I have to tell you that we cannot be leading with pre-pandemic measures on the other side of COVID. So um, I think it provides us a tremendous opportunity to reimagine, to reinvent, um, and to really rise to a new level of leading leadership that's going to help all of our organizations to be successful um, so I'm pretty excited about it it's it's it, it's a change it's a paradigm shift and, and, and it is stretching us outside of our norm um, it's calling us to reimagine everything that we have done and I cannot emphasize enough just how important it is in attracting and retaining our staff and Um, When we achieve that, I think that our employees will be better. I think that our community will be better. And I think that our organization will be better as well.
0: Yeah, I love that. Thank you. I feel like that's really, you just hit the nail on the head for basically like the summary of the Virtuous Heroes podcast. We had a guest on, I would say, maybe 20 or so episodes ago, Dave Cal, who's a uh, sales um, leader and educator. And he wrote a book called The Good Book on Business. And he had a breakthrough and had some revelation around cultures when he he was looking at, like, the Old Testament and recognizing that, uh, I think it was uh, Abraham had, like, he was talking about Abraham's tribe, and it talked about a number of of um, skilled, like warriors that he had under his tribe, and like the revelation was like, well, what? How? Or if he said like, you know, say a hundred warriors, how many were un unskilled? You know, and and so that that basically like broke open his viewpoint into like looking all throughout the Bible about the way that you know, like another word for that is clan, which we kind of like don't really love here in the United States. But, but like, if we look at, uh, if we look at word, like if you look at the Bible through the lens of tribes, meaning like businesses. So the, the way that the authors are describing those businesses are basically families, Mm. but they're, but they're using it. They're using it basically like through the lens of, of like, a. uh, You know, they're describing it as families, but what it really actually is is actually a business. And so I think the more that we we you know, what what you're basically saying is that when we create these cultures that have compassion towards one another, like that like wouldn't you always want the best for your brother and sister or your parents? Like you're not going to continually let your parents basically like or your a loved one Go down a, a wrong pathway. You're always going to be coaching them up. And yeah. So like so. In essence, like if we look at our organizations as our own family members, mm-hmm. like that is an an easy way to be able to like dig deep to get that compassion that you may need when you when when you might not have necessarily the courage to coach your boss, which which like you know. Maybe your boss, like you, were put in that position because this is you are the person, like you have that vision for that feedback because you are in a position to be able to influence change, even though you aren't maybe even in that number one spot. But uh, yeah, so so that really just resonates in, immensely with me, and I can even think back to my own career where I've led the exact opposite of that because you know I think that you know. That is that is the one the the other caveat that I would put with it is like well what happens if if you grew up in a toxic family <laughs> you know so so you you may not have the kind of best representation of what it looks like to be in a very loving and compassionate family and uh, but I think that nonetheless like like the more that we can think about you know the golden rule of treating others as we'd like to be treated um, I think is is going to put us in a position to continue to succeed and grow our businesses because when people feel really trusted and respected, that's when you're going to be able to get the best out of them. And if you try to do it the other way around, and you're going to fail every time. Yeah. So, so thank you for that witness as well. Um, so, and then, and as you, and then the last thing I wanted to say, like, as we talk about this post pandemic world that we live in, yeah, I love how I, I am really like at least for my business, it's been a huge opportunity to just like hit the reset button and think differently about, about consulting and think differently about the way that we are running our business right now. I'm a hundred percent remote and we put in operational plans that that's never going to change. So, so yeah, so it's, it's been kind of interesting to see what it's like, yeah, going from a fully, you know, a fully in-person workforce to fully remote. And, uh, Yeah, I I absolutely love it. I think we are 10 times – I mean, we have so many different clients that are talking about how much stronger we are as a business post-pandemic than we were before because we've been hiring talent all over the United States instead of just being fixated on this centralized hub. So that's also been a a big blessing for us. Absolutely. So awesome. So, uh, well, yeah, absolutely love having you on the podcast, Stacey. How can people get a hold of you or what your company is doing? Wow. Um, um,
1: if individuals want to get a hold of me, um, are you referring to my, 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 my work hat or outside of my work hat?
0: yeah so like how could what social media platforms it would be best to- oh
1: thank you you know what chris you gotta help me because there are times when i am um, that's one of the things that i need to get better on i'm obviously on instagram um I'm under in flight inspirations i'm on linkedin um but i am not on facebook um i don't think i'll ever get on facebook but i'm not on facebook so if individuals want to reach out via linkedin stacy lawson um, that's all, always a great way to make connection with me.
0: Great. Well, we'll, we'll include that in the show notes as well. And so thank you so much for, for visiting us today on the Virtuous Heroes podcast, where we inspire virtuous leadership by sharing testimonials of people that are doing just that. So Stacy, would you do us the incredible honor of being able to close us out in prayer today?
1: Absolutely. Thank you so much. Thank You, Dear Lord, Heavenly Father, for allowing us to pause and reflect on who You would call us to be as leaders. May You continue to renew renew our mind and spirit and give us grace in the work that we are doing and may we live up to the calling that You have for our lives. May we meet and exceed Your expectations in the work that we are doing. May we give grace to those who cross our paths and the decisions that we make and the words that we speak and how we connect with others. May others feel a spirit of love, compassion, connection. May others see you in what we do. Lord, may we continue to be reminded, continue to be reminded that all flowers don't necessarily bloom in the sun and that some bloom in the shade and that some require different sunlight than others in order to be the best version of themselves. And may you allow us to create the soil, the circumstances, to make sure that they are fed the food that they need so that they can blossom in your garden. Lord, thank you so much for allowing us this time. And and and, and, and my greatest prayer is that someone, somewhere, will reach out, extend their leadership to someone else who may also be looking for how they can grow to the next level. Thank you for all that you do and continue to do for us. In Jesus Christ's name we pray, amen.
0: Amen. Oh, that was beautiful. Thank you so much, Stacy, and God bless you. Thank you, Chris. Hey, Chris here. Hope you enjoyed the episode where we discussed all things going bald. (laughs) Just joking. If you enjoyed the episode and the podcast, will you please subscribe on YouTube or Apple Podcasts or Spotify? Or you could also share it with a friend. That would be tubular. I hope you have an awesome day.